This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 174. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me as always is my co-host, Adam Bell. Good afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon, Adam. <laughs> I'm a little punchy today. A little punchy? I, did, I, I just ran almost 19 miles. So your your blood is still, or your your brain... And the blood that goes to your brain is still in your feet. My what? <laughs> yeah. As I, as we say after one of these, can't brain too many mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it is rough. So yeah, I I had targeted twenty and a half miles, but I'm on this plan, and my my coach has told me that like time, distance, and elevation are all factors you can sort of play with. Mm -hmm. So if you hit like one of them, um, if I hit like one of those out of the 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 the, the targets, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and the time for today was like 4.2 hours, and I was running for like four and a half hours, so I hit that. Yeah, fell a little short on the elevation, fell a little short on the mileage, but I was running for four and a half freaking hours. <laughs> yeah, I think I can take a freaking break. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you should have you know scheduled your last mile to be all downhill well i'm actually thinking next time so i started with the highest most technical gnarliest trail that i mm -hmm. did today and i'm thinking next time i'll flip it around and do the easy stuff first and save the worst for last mm -hmm. not sure how that's gonna go but we'll see we'll see <laughs> <laughs> well cool well you made yeah. it though i mean i don't i'm alive yeah, if I had to run for four miles, um, I don't know that I could right now. Yeah, how about four hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four hours. See, the, the blood yeah. doesn't. Your your lack of your lack of brain is affecting me. Can't brain. <laughs> Can't brain. Yep. <laughs> oh, brother! I could probably do four miles. I wouldn't like it, but I could do it. I bet you probably could. I bet. Yeah. You probably. Because yeah. I could run one mile without, I, I could run two miles without it being a problem. Yep. And if I can do two, I can do two more. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You probably could. You probably yeah. could. It might take me an hour, but it'd be done. Hey, you know, <laughs> there you go. You you can play with uh, with elevation <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, time distance. And distance. And time. <laughs> yeah, I ran for four hours. How far did you go? Four miles. Four miles. Mm. Yeah. I don't think that's running. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I ran every every time, but I, I was I did push-ups in between and sit-ups and pull-ups. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of that, um, I have not done my mediocre modified Murph for a few days. It's no. been and and I'm also behind. I owe I owe 200 push-ups today. Mm -hmm. I'm still I missed a day a few days ago and I did uh -huh. not make up the following day. So I'm still at a hundred pushup deficit from there. So, but you could, I mean, you could, you could play with that. I mean, you could do 125 and then you make it up over five, you know, four days. <laughs> you know, I could do that. I, I absolutely could do that. Uh, I'm really curious though. Let me just see though. Cause like, 
So this week I have run approximately 34 miles. Yeah. And I don't remember what the target for this week was. Um, the target for this week was, let's look it up. Let's go to the videotape. <laughs> the target is 41. Nope, nope, nope. 37 miles. Nope, nope, nope. Only 33 <laughs> miles? Huh. Yeah. The target, the, the the weekly total volume dropped for a little bit. I don't know. I don't know why. I have not broken down the voodoo that my running coach uses to make them. So I've made my my weekly cap. So I do not need to run tomorrow. So tomorrow yeah. I may just do Murphs and watch movies or go kayaking or something like that. But not <laughs> not running tomorrow. Cool. Is not, yes. Yeah. Well, you looked like you picked up some more muscle tone since. Uh since you've been doing Murph and stuff. Yeah, I can feel, I can definitely feel the difference, you know, a little bit of chest activation and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, I'm failing quite a lot on, you know, like not doing, like when I do sets of 10, I often don't do all 10. Like the last one, I can't get chest to <laughs> bar. But generally you're supposed to go to failure, right? That's how you build strength. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? That's supposed to work. So, you know, hey, maybe I'm getting stronger, even though I'm not strong enough to actually do a freaking pull-up. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I do miss not knowing how far I've gone in a day. That's so, the, only, the only thing I miss. <laughs> so talk to me about this. So dear listener what adam is referring to is he is no longer um an apple watch wearer slash owner no and i'm probably one of the, i've never met anybody who didn't like their apple watch i uh, definitely have i have yeah okay yeah yeah no i've had i've had i definitely know people who are like eh, it's okay yeah but, but what was it what what was it about the apple watch so you you were a fitbit guy you tried the apple watch at the recommendation of me and friend of the show scott wilsey mm -hmm. and then you ditched it and went back to a fitbit what what happened well i didn't even go back to a fitbit oh. i went to a timex I'm wearing oh, a watch. So you're not even like, how are you? You're not tracking your crossfit. Uh, I'm not even tracking anything. Dude, just, you're like <laughs> off the grid. I'm free balling it, baby. You're a Luddite. <laughs> oh my goodness. Talk to me. What happened? Well, so, so the Apple watch, I, I mean, it was cool, but it was a pain in the butt. Uh, I don't want the vibrations on me all the time. If I have if I have notifications all the time, it annoys me. I don't listen to it. Okay. I wanted a. Uh, I turned off everything. The only notifications I got was finally the only notifications I got was from Lose It telling me to track my weight, Hydrate telling me to track my water, and and a workout notification when you completed a workout. <laughs> But okay. well, I can the, see how those could be uh, annoying. <laughs> there, there are some days when I am doing many workouts. Yeah. But the 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 thing that I I mean I want to see the time and I want to see the date and I want to see the seconds, just like a watch. Yeah. Well, the watch. Uh, I mean, I could I I customized a screen that had that. Yep. But I always was trying to swipe into another screen to do something else that I wanted to do. I had I had multiple screens set up for what I wanted to do. It was just too complex. I was like, you know what? This is really first world problems here. I just want to know the time. I really would like to track my steps in my fitness, but it's not worth all of the Apple Watch stuff. 
and it, you know, it was a $400 watch. I'm now wearing a $30 watch. Uh, <laughs> oh, big spender. Yeah. The other thing is I can't stand having to charge my watch every single day. Yeah. Uh, it, you could wear it two days, but you take it, you're taking a chance on day two that you might not make it through the end. If you do a lot of anything. With me, almost certainly. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I was like, this is, this is way too much hassle for what I really want as a watch. I would really, I do want to track my, I like to track my steps because uh, there's times when I'm like, I don't know how far I've gone today. I don't know how much I've moved. And some days it just gets away from you. You're, you know, you're working at a desk or, I mean, even at the standing desk, I would still get notifications from my watch saying you haven't moved enough. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been standing all day. That's one thing where the, what I did was I changed my watch goal of my stand goal from 12 hours to six hours mm -hmm. because it's not detecting standing. It's detecting arm movement. Mm -hmm. And that was just making me angry some days. So <laughs> like, I didn't do this, wave my arm around crazy <laughs> enough to make it happy. And so I turned it off because I always was able to get six hours without trying. Mm -hmm. but sometimes it would not track 12 and i was just like i just got sick of it so yeah yeah, yeah that one was well and the, here's the other thing i mean here was a i wouldn't say a deal killer but i mean it, it kind of added up is one thing with the fitbit is it is it tracked your life 24 as long as it was on it was tracking what you did now yeah. if you forgot to say i'm doing crossfit from 6 a.m to 625 like I didn't press the button to tell it to record that I just went and pro reactively did plus exercise 620 or six o'clock to 625 and whatever and call it CrossFit and yep. then it compared that to my steps my heart rate and it just said yes you obviously you are working out <laughs> that is a serious annoyance with the Apple watch if it doesn't detect that you were doing a workout or if you don't start it manually, um, that is annoying. That is something I do like about the Fitbit is the retrospective workouts that you can create and you say, this was workout time. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, yeah. So I, I hear you. I yeah. definitely, I definitely hear you on that one. So I have been able to compensate for that with my, uh, my lose it app. So I want to lose weight. So I, if I don't count my exercises, that means I get to eat less food and I am exercising. So I'm hungrier than I would be as if I weren't. So yep. Fitbit or the, uh, lose it app allows me to enter exercise. So it's, it's got CrossFit in there. I can just say 25 minutes of CrossFit yep. and then it gives me the calorie credits <laughs> <laughs> so it. that I can eat more food. Yep. Uh, but it sure is nice for the, just the, I mean, the convenience of the watch, but this, the, it was always, you know, the Apple watch and even the Fitbit was always a bit more delicate than my lifestyle. Um, I'm, yep. I'm pretty active, you know, yep. when I'm, I'm working at the farm, I've got gloves and mowers and sticks and things. And it, <laughs> I'm always like, Oh, I got to cover it up. Don't scratch it. And then I would beat it up and like this, what this Timex, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I, I hear you there. I mean, I, 
I like gadgets. I like toys. Yeah. I like bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. And I have, believe me, I have had some extreme frustrations with the Apple Watch. Believe me. Um, some of those were amplified by other life factors at the time, you know, that just mm-hmm. like, because, you know, when something's going bad, like if you, if, you know, if you have a thorn that you've just stepped on in your foot, everything's annoying, right? Yeah. So it's not unlike that. Um, but overall, I'm happy with the watch. I would prefer to see a watch that held a battery charge for several days. Yeah. I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's the trade-off, you know, being able to know that I can get a phone call or make a phone call just carrying the watch. That's, that's still huge for me. Mm-hmm. Not, not just being an extension of the phone, but actually having a cellular plan on the, on the Apple watch is a mm-hmm. big, um, and although I don't use it a lot, I am curious again, like right now to see how my sleep tracking is going. Mm-hmm. Um, I was asleep last night for less than seven hours. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm really curious to go back and, you know, compare how my exercise is impacted, you know, juxtaposed, overlaid against my my sleep, for instance. Yeah. There's stuff that I'm interested in catching. I I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, you know, there's part of me definitely wants to check out things like the Fitbit and and runners really runners seem to prefer Garmin stuff. Yeah. You know, Garmin is like where it's at for runners. So you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, like I'm not just a runner, but as far as my activities and stuff go that I'm concerned about primarily a runner, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've had, you know, definitely had second thoughts. Um, but overall, overall I'm happy. I mean, I've, I've bought three of them, so I must be happy with the <laughs> Apple Watch. So like, I, I learn slowly sometimes <laughs> I admit it, but not that slow, you know, yeah. like, oh, this thing sucks. Can't wait to get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah man. well and you know i'm a gadget guy too i mean and that was really the appeal of of the apple watch the things that i really wanted were these fitness stuff and then some gadgety things and it failed out on the gadgety th- on the the gadgety things that were important to me yeah the the, the my what pushed me over the edge to say yes was i wanted to listen to audible on my apple watch yep. with no phone that's right. what I wanted. Bluetooth, yep. watch, no phone. Yep. But the synchronization process between my watch and my uh, phone for the audiobooks was not desirable. Yep. Um, yeah, it, that's old school. It's like having to, you know, to go back and like sync phones to your iPod and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's garbage. That's so garbage. I was expecting, so here's what I was expecting is... I was expecting that my uh, watch and my phone would both fully download the book. And then all that would happen would between the two of them would be a synchronization notification. Where is Adam in this book? And it, the two devices would talk. Cause that's how the, that's how the Kindle works with it. That's how, you know, that's how it works with all the other devices. So I was expecting that, yep. but what's really happening is the the watch is only synchronizing where you have read to it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if I've listened to it in my truck on the way to the farm, it won't be on my watch. Right. And and to be clear, this is not a problem per se with the Apple Watch. 
Ah, but no. it's a problem with the apps available for the Apple Watch. Now, yeah. if you want to hear about like all of the problems with the Apple Watch, <laughs> there are plenty of them Like from a developer's standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at, uh, if you listen to the Accidental Tech Podcast, they talk about, you know, Marco Arment is uh, the developer of um, Overcast, the podcast mm-hmm. client. And he he will often talk about, especially when they have something new and he tries to migrate stuff to the new framework or the new tools and stuff. He'll go on on and on about all the shortcomings of Apple Watch development. And every time I hear him rant about it, I am so grateful that he continues to develop Overcast <laughs> for the Apple Watch because I do use it. I'm one of his like 0.2% of users who actually use the Apple Watch <laughs> app. You know? uh-huh. So mm. Yeah. So I, I am considering the Garmin. I am thinking about the Garmin because it holds a longer charge and it's more, it's more of a watch that will track my fitness than a computer. And yeah, and that's yes. And the other thing too, is you could get the Garmin Phoenix, which is solar powered. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So some of those Garmin's now, this is the thing is like, I was kind of surprised. I thought Apple was like the premium, most expensive out there. I was surprised. Some of those Garmin's are seven, eight hundred bucks. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, we're talking like Apple Watch Premium Hermes Edition type prices <laughs> here. So I was, I was really surprised. But some of those can be, you know, they can be up there. They're really fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have definitely, I've listened to uh, back when I was having like Apple Watch problems. I watched a lot of YouTube videos, but. Um, with uh, a lot of ultra runners to see what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like the Garmin Phoenix is where the, you know, the serious long, you know, endurance runners who who, who care about this kind of stuff go. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so yeah. check that out. Phoenix, I think it's spelled F-E-E-N-I-X. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. so do you that. ever do the Apple Pay on your watch? I love that feature. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Just bought a burrito after my long run today with it. It's, it's great. It's amazing. Love it. So, so how do you, you just press the button and it kicks to the Apple watch and it was your default payment. Yep. Exactly. And I have a different default payment card on my watch than I do on my phone. Ah. because on my watch i will almost certainly be buying uh groceries Mm -hmm. and if i pull out anything else i'm you know like almost certainly at a store having an interaction with a person where you know a sales rep where i might have been looking something up on the phone and stuff Mm -hmm. so i have two different um you know default payment cards so, yeah. but it's nice because like I run into the store and unless I'm buying alcohol, I don't need to bring my wallet. You know, I don't bring, need to bring my phone. I have my shopping list on the watch. So, mm-hmm. you know, like everything I need to do, I can just look at it, tap it, check it off as I buy it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes a difference. I really, I, I do like the conveniences and I use a lot of the features of the watch. So, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the one thing that I was regretting is not having the cellular. Yep. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. You know, that's the thing. It's like my first two Apple Watches were not cellular. They were they were just or the first one, first one. The first one definitely not. The second one I think was actually Yeah, that's that's true. The, my iOS my I, Apple Watch Series 4 was cellular. 
So the, I've had the four, I've had the two, four, and the six. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if I'm going to go for an eight. I guess mm-hmm. we'll have to see what happens, what it looks like when it comes out. Um, but right now, it's the the six is doing okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not. I'm not feeling. But my four, by the time that thing was of age, it was getting bad. Yeah. And, oh no, it definitely did have cellular because I do remember now. I was out. I remember we had an incident at the hospital, and I got notified of it while I was out for a run. And I was able to make a phone call and start getting some, um, you know, some uh, some assistance from one of our uh, incident response companies. Mm-hmm. And then the battery died. <laughs> and it had had like, oh, yeah, you've got 33 percent battery life. Like, oh, you've got 10 percent battery. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you're gone. <laughs> yep. and I was like, OK, that's great. So, mm-hmm. you know, but then uh, I would this the current watch has been pretty reliable so far and you know it's two years in plus i have the perpetual apple care going mm-hmm. on you know yeah. so i pay month to month so it's still under warranty i can still call them tech support issues um i just got a replacement what like a month ago or something mm-hmm. so um you know so I'm, I'm pretty happy with it so. yeah i ended up giving it to my youngest daughter she yep. she's headed to college uh ut now has they can do their door key on their Apple watch, nice the, the app. So she's going to be at the dorm. She can just have her watch and beep up to the door and get on in. I'm like, ah, okay, good for you. I mean, and, and she's, she's gadgety too. So yep. she, she's like, yeah, I'll take it. That's good. <laughs> and I've got the perpetual care on it as well. Yep. Good. <laughs> good. So, all right. What else, what else are we talking while we're talking gadgety? What else are we talking about? Well, let's talk about this new MacBook air. Woohoo! <laughs> so finally the day came and I got my new MacBook Air uh M2 processor. Mm-hmm. Um terabyte of storage, 24 gigs of RAM, you got the 10 cores, you know, GPU and you know all the, the pretty much it's not completely totally decked out but it's pretty darn close. You know, it's mm-hmm. pretty close to top of the, the line, I think. At least I I don't think it was. I don't think it's the top of the most expensive. I think there were other options. Like I think I could have gotten like a two terabyte storage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who needs that? You say that today. <laughs> 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 who even needs that? I mean, who needs more than you know six hundred and forty k of memory? I mean, who's going to need more than that? Thank you, Bill Gates, <laughs> back in nineteen eighty. <1980. laughs> So yeah, um, so I uh, I bought it and I love it. So I've had it now for what two weeks? I guess I got it last Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so nice again having a Mac. I still haven't completely finished setting it up because I had you know like I will often port my profile from an old Mac to a new one, um, but it's been long enough that I don't have an old profile to port. Ah. Um, and I haven't like pulled over my SSH keys, for example, so that when I say like SSH to this server, it just knows who I am, authenticates mm-hmm. me, right? Um, but there is some cool stuff since I last looked. Maybe this has existed, but I've never used before. 
Um, on Windows, I generally use Putty as my SSH client mm-hmm. or my SSSSSSSSSS, my <laughs> SCP client for you know like secure copying files. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a tool to migrate your Putty keys over to Windows or, or from Windows to the Mac. Yeah. So you can use your built-in. You can use some of the Putty tools. You know, like there's PSCP, the Putty secure copy. Apparently, there's no putty client for mac apparently the you it seems like you just use the ssh client that's built in mm-hmm. which is fine um i just want to move my keys over and there are a number of keys that i have already in putty that i don't have anywhere else yet now it's not that hard to just go to a server mm-hmm. and you know download your your um your your key your, and push it to a remote client but if I don't have to do that and there's an easier way and like a little tool that I can use to just migrate everything over, that'd be really cool. So, uh, what are, so yeah. what are you using for the SSH on the Mac built in? It's just SSH is part of the, you just go to the terminal yeah. and go from exactly. there. Exactly. But, it, but you, are you able to remember locations and things like that? See, I grew up on the command line. so the answer is yes (laughs) right so i've done like i my first the first computer that i owned you know my first computer was running ms dos yeah and you know and then you know windows came out and it was horrible and i you know like i was more at home on the old at&t mass comp system you know in unix uh, at college, even though like no one used it for anything. Like we used it to learn Unix essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, you know, like, yeah, host names. Oh, that's on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Shared host 17.paradigmcc.com. Blah. Mm-hmm. You know, go for it. Um, but if I have those keys and stuff that, you know, that agent over there, you know, um, it may, may make things easier for me. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine yeah. was a, mine was a Tandy 1000. Mine was a Tandy 1000 SX. Nice. I don't remember if it's an SX, but yeah. uh, I had one big floppy drive. I had two five and a quarter floppies, no hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. And no I, hard drive. And I believe 384K of memory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, I ended up getting two hard drives or not too hard, two big floppy drives so that I could play King's Quest and I could save to the second disc. Yes. <laughs> wow. That is funny. I had no idea that our start of computing was so close. That's amazing. That is amazing. Oh, man. So, yeah, overall, I'm liking it. Like one of the things that I absolutely love is the synchronized clipboard between the all of my Apple devices. Mm-hmm iPhone, iPad, I knew that that was syncing now, but now to be able to do that on the i uh, on the Mac is great. Mm-hmm. Because for example, um if I run my authenticator app, like if I get the, uh-huh. uh, if I get prompted for a six digit code, I look it up on the phone, touch it to copy it and then go to the Mac and just paste. Yeah. And it goes in. Um that's great. That uh, that was one of my favorite Apple features, Authy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I go to a web page and it, I go to Authy, and then on my phone it'd say "Authenticate button." Yes. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that is pretty slick. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that 
the, the integration would be a little bit better if I was using Safari on the Mac, which I'm not just mm -hmm. because I use Microsoft Edge everywhere else. So, you know, like at work, um, you know, well, for the hospital, I have to. That's the the corporate standard there. For Paradigm on my own machines, I use it just because I'm I'm happy with Edge. You know, Edge, Chromium, it's a decent browser. Mm -hmm. um, I'm happier with it than giving all of my information to Google all the time. Right? <laughs> I'd rather give some of it to Microsoft. Share yeah. that, right? Um <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I like, I like edge. It, it, it seems to work well for me. So I'm happy about that. Um, but it's not as tightly integrated with the operating system, but that said edge with LastPass is my default setup works pretty well for me. Yeah. So pretty happy with that. So do LastPass, you have last pass really is my, that's the heart of me moving from one system to another. Yeah. So if I have all my passwords and everything in one place, I can figure out the rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That I use LastPass. Do you use the family version? Uh, I do. I have it for my father. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I use that for the four of us and it's part of, it's now part of our estate plan. I've made Elizabeth also an administrator. So something happens to me. She yep. has all the passwords. There you go. That <laughs> uh, makes sense. Yeah. I'm not in a, position where i can do that with my personal life right now because <laughs> yeah. there is absolutely no point in me giving it to my father because he will forget within four minutes <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't matter <laughs> oh, boy. yeah the uh, 30 second mike or whatever his name was in 50 first dates the... <laughs> what who yeah hi uh, i'm mike <laughs> who? <laughs> uh, well cool boy. so yeah yeah that you don't have any buyer's remorse on the 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 air, not no. a, not a lick, not mm -hmm. a lick. Yeah, it was like two thousand dollars or so well spent. Mm -hmm. So you know, no, I'm I'm very happy with it, and um, the battery life. Although I'm not doing much with it, you know, uh, the battery life is great. Um, the being able to charge. Oh, universal control, the new feature that lets you control your iPad from the Mac is slick. Yeah. So rather than, um, you know, just extending the screen, I, I guess I misunderstood. I thought that it would be just like a screen extender so that your iPad became like an alternate display for your Mac. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that is something that they used to do, but that's what it used to be. Okay. So, so you... that, that's, that's where I was thinking about it. Cause I never, I never had a Mac during that time. Mm -hmm. So now instead, and I know, but I did have, I had a third party app that did that at one point that mirrored or, you know, extended it, but it wasn't mm -hmm. built into the, uh, the operating system. So now what you do is instead it controls the iPad from the Mac trackpad and keyboard mm -hmm. which actually works pretty well for most things like if there's something i want as like a reference or something i might have a web browser on the ipad or slack or something mm -hmm. and um the keyboard uh sorry the um the clipboard synchronization between the two is also very useful and you can even like drag and drop an image from one to the other mm -hmm. and that's that's pretty slick yeah so, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty happy with that too because it turns my little you know 13 inch screen it extends it off to my even littler iPad <laughs> Mini, <laughs> but between the two of them, it's it's pretty slick, it's pretty functional, so I'm mm -hmm. pretty happy. Yeah, that I my only regret about the uh, so I've got the MacBook 
Pro 16. Yep. It's the size. It's it's so big, big. most of the time. The the only time the only time I need it is when I'm using it as a desktop replacement when I'm on vacation in Alabama, which is once a year. Um, it's nice. I mean, when I'm down there, I'm like, I love this desktop. I, I bring a spare monitor in case I really have to work and I can set up dual monitors, yep. but I almost never do. I just use the, the, the big monitor, but the rest of the time when I'm traveling, yeah. I'd really like a 13. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I learned that lesson when I was in, you know, when I spent the winter in Brazil, um, I was perfectly happy with uh, an 11 inch MacBook Air. You know, oh, wow. Like second generation at MacBook Air, I think. Mm -hmm. Perfectly happy with it for, you know, for, for several months. Didn't have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. So I can do a lot. Can I be a little more productive with a larger display, a second display? Yeah. When I'm working on big um, spreadsheets and stuff and I want to see lots of data, that's when it really comes in, but that's not very often for me. Yeah. And, you know, growing up with, well, you know, again, my first computer was DOS. There was no multitasking, but then, <laughs> you know, I would buy like task switching programs that would let you, you know, like switch between one and the other and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at flipping back and forth between a browser an email client, a spreadsheet, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't need to have everything on one, one screen all at once for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I'm, I'd like to, I'd like to replace mine with a 13, but yep. the thing is, unless something catastrophic happens to it, the stupid thing is going to keep running for another three or four years. It's <laughs> hard to justify, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I've got it. Uh, I mean, I bought, I bought, I mean, I bought the top of the end pro the MacBook yep. pro when I bought it Yep. and, um, you know, it's going to keep running. Maybe I move it into a different role. You yep. know, into one yeah. of my lesser roles. Turns into your desktop, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I like it. It's fast. You know, yeah. unfortunately, there's that like 6% of Windows things that I have to keep the stupid virtual machine in there. <laughs> well, that's the, and that's the thing for right now, what I'm doing is I'm just keeping one of my 15 inch HP laptops around. Mm -hmm. And I just remote desktop to that when I need windows things. Oh yeah. There you go. And that's fine right now. That's fine. And for work at the hospital and stuff, it's all, you know, a Citrix environment anyway. So, mm -hmm. no so yes. yeah, I've got a little virtual machine because I, I was on site yesterday and I needed to run Nmap. and map. Yep. It oh, yeah. works. You can do that in Mac just fine. Can you? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's it works better than Windows, dude. I'll have to give it a try. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> no, Nmap is a it's a you know uh, Star Nix native tool like that was developed over there and then ported over to Windows. Okay. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Way better on on Mac OS or Linux than on than on Windows. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know Linux, but I didn't know that it would work on the Apple. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Cool. Might even hey. be in the homebrew packages. I don't know. But I yeah, learned something cool. today. There you go. <laughs> cool. Well, let's um let's continue on. I know we got a little bit of a late start, but uh, yeah. I am tired. Yeah. I have eaten, but I have not showered yet. So. <laughs> I do All right. follow up on a couple of things. Um, okay, go for so, it. So what about a couple months ago or so? I bought the Curdine 
AirPod uh, ear earbuds, mm-hmm. you know, little Mac. They're like Jabra like um, Air Airbud AirPod earbuds. Um, <laughs> I returned the first set because they started to die immediately. Mm-hmm. Like after a couple of weeks, one of them just had would have like no volume anymore, and I almost like didn't bother with the replacement but for like four or five dollars i got the like three year complete replacement warranty plan thing Mm -hmm. and they were like 20 bucks when they were on sale so for 25 bucks over three years for decent you know they were okay after the first few runs though they started falling out of my ears most notably on the left side after i would chew or smile yeah so that whatever does, happens there stretches the ear enough that it makes it loosens the connection. Mm-hmm. But I had some old foam tips for my Jabra headphones, which they were the Comply ones, the same brand that I bought for my AirPods. I love the foam tips for the AirPods. They for the Jabras they were terrible. Hated mm-hmm. them. As it happens, they're the same size for the Curdines. And okay. I put them on the Curdines. And they work great. Okay. So now, you know, with the combination of those foam tips and, you know, I, they've turned into, they're my, they're my main things for, you know, for activities, for running and stuff. Cool. Um, so I'm very happy with them. I, what I really like is that like the AirPods, you can put in one or the other mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter which. Um, they're not as, you know, like one thing that's weird is they have this haptic control. So if you press and hold the right one, it turns the volume up. If you press and hold the left one, it turns the volume down. Yeah. You get what happens if you have one in your ear. The <laughs> goes in one direction. Right? <laughs> yeah. It definitely sometimes it's a little touchy. Like I'll be adjusting it in the ear and it'll take that as a tap. So it pauses. Mm-hmm. and you know so it's a little finicky like that but overall for like 20 bucks well worth it well worth it oh now at the recommendation of men's health magazine i also <laughs> tried the shocks or aftershocks whatever um bone conductive ones mm-hmm. they sit on your you know they're like over the ear kind of thing but they they don't go in the ear they go near the ear and they use bone conduction great idea horrible implementation uh, they say it's great oh my god runners love these things for me it was so i don't know if it was the wrong size if i just couldn't get the right fit or whatever um but it wasn't loud enough mm-hmm. like like the the audio quality when it was on when it was snugly connected and you know like doing the conduction through the you know the bones and stuff it sounded really good but it was so quiet that like all the ambient noise around me was drowning out the music. And I Mm -hmm. get it, you know, as a, as a security feature, as a safety feature, you want that, right? Mm -hmm. So like if you're biking through traffic, you know, you don't want, you want to hear the cars coming up. So, but if I'm running by myself down, you know, a lonely path, I want to hear the music (laughs) and I could not. (laughs) So I promptly returned those to, to Amazon. Not, Mm -hmm. not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. So, uh, cool. I'm working on becoming a fan of my Flare Smart Vents. Okay. So I have my Smart Vents in a an attempt to add heating and cooling zones to my house, which has one zone across three floors. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. 
Um, it's it's a complicated setup. It, I have not read the exhaustive documentation, the knowledge base articles on how to properly set it up. Some of my complaints might be with my Ecobee thermostat and the way that they integrate. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem I have is, so I had a Nest thermostat for many years, like like 10 years, eight, nine mm-hmm. years anyway. Uh, I had the Nest and it was just inconsistent. It, it bugged me like there would be a software update and it would just completely ignore my home and away settings. Mm-hmm. And I would go to Vermont for three or four days and find that the air conditioning had been on max while I was gone the whole time. <laughs> I had no idea that I had left the house or in the wintertime that the heat was cranking, you know, all the time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that, that's insane, right? So I finally got so fed up with it that I got a net, uh, an Ecobee. And I like it, but the Ecobee generally will use an aggregate of all of the sensors in the house unless you tell it okay during your normal daytime home settings don't factor in this room right so ignore Mm -hmm. that so essentially telling it yes i realize it's 95 degrees in the attic don't care right and then at nighttime i don't care what the attic is like i just care what it's like in the bedroom so in Mm -hmm. generally in the daytime just care about the living room you know level don't care about the bedroom don't care about the upstairs right um the flare vents have their own schedule uh, or apparently you can configure them in some way to follow the um the ecobee but it's it's still not clear to me because like at this moment the bedroom is set to away so it shouldn't be factoring like like the it, it like set to away meaning like the sensor in my bedroom knows i'm not in the bedroom Mm-hmm. But also during the daytime schedule, the Ecobee ignores the bedroom. It's like it doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, it's 85 degrees in there, but I don't care. I'm not no factor. No fact. But then like I had to set a schedule in the living room so that so what happens is when the flare detects that the temperature is above or below a certain threshold, it opens or closes the vents accordingly. Mm-hmm. So at night, when it's time to go to to go to sleep around nine o'clock, it realizes that, you know, the bedroom is 85 degrees and it needs to be 65. It will open up the vent going into the bedroom and start cooling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and similarly, when it realizes that the living room is now 60 degrees and it really is targeting 65, it will close the vents in the living room so that it doesn't cool anymore. So the intention is like, well, what happened is I would wake up in the morning and come downstairs and the downstairs is either 20 degrees hotter or colder, depending on the season, mm-hmm. than the bedroom, right? And I'm like, this is horribly inefficient. You know, <laughs> like it, my, my, my downstairs does not need to be 60 to make my bedroom 70, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, is there a better way to do that? So they, this, this these flare vents are supposed to handle this problem. So... I'm not 100% sure. I have to, maybe I'll do that this afternoon or tomorrow since I will be finally taking a break and not running for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> I got to just figure out the proper way to set this up. But I, I think I'm getting, you know, starting to wrap my brain around how it works. But it is kind of cool, you know, like, no, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> when the thing starts going off and, you know, it starts to, um, uh, you know, like you could hear the little vents opening and closing accordingly and stuff. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of neat, but there was a time like when I left the house and the, 
the Ecobee because of um, energy saving policies. Like it's like, oh, we're in a rush demand kind of thing. We're going to raise the temperature to, you know, uh, we're not, we're not going to go, we're not going to keep it cool. Like it's high energy demand. So to save money, we're going to make you a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but the flare vents didn't get that. So mm-hmm. they closed all the vents. And, you know, so like the air conditioner was cranking, but all the Going nowhere. Closed. Yeah. And I was like, this cannot last, right? This is <laughs> this is completely the opposite of what I want to have, you know, going on. <laughs> so I think that only happened once that I'm aware of. So I again I need to spend a little time, figure out what's going on there. And then um, but I think it's got potential. Um, you know, the the controller, the Zigbee controller, they say you have to use theirs, even though it's Zigbee. It won't work with either of my other two Zigbee controllers. So you have to buy that. And that's like 150 or 175 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then each of the vents is like 90 bucks. So, so, so still, is, it a, is it a vent replacement? Yes. Okay. You yank the register, the vent right out of the hole, out of the mm-hmm. wall and you or, or the floor and you put in a new one, which is a smart vent. It has two um, C cell batteries in it mm-hmm. and it's Zigbee controlled. Okay. Um, you know, so for the price of around 500 bucks, mm-hmm. I'm able to make three different zones in the house, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of cool. It's certainly, certainly less than hiring an HVAC crew to come in and run new ducts and new thermostats, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So if it works, so yeah, when it, when it works, when it works it's great. <laughs> yeah. So keep our fingers crossed on that one. So. Uh huh. Well, cool. Yeah. Let me yeah. know. I will. Might be interested in that. What else you got? All right. So I, you know, I have my farm and I get letters in the mail, which is pretty slick. It's not, it's not a bad idea uh, where these people offer me. So these people offered me uh, $10,000 for my 31 acres, well, 32 acres practically. And then these people offered me $19,000. So they're getting this information. It's public record that I own the property mm-hmm. and they're just out there fishing because, you know, they're sending letters to these people that own property in rural companies or counties. Somebody, somebody may be desperate and just looking to get rid of it. It's a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a numbers. Game. I'm like, that's not a bad idea. If I had a lot of money, you know, that I just didn't know what to do with. You know, if I could buy that farm, that 32 acres for $19,000, heck yeah, I would do it. I mean, if, if they told me, Deal. I'll sell this to you for 19000 done, done, let's do this. Uh, but you know, I just like, so I get, I got somebody last week that they, they got my cell phone number and they actually texted me and wanted to sell it. I said, yeah, I'll sell it to you for $1.5 million. And uh would you take nineteen thousand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they uh they they did they said they're like, is there a house on the property? I said, Yeah, there's a house and a working farm. <laughs> oh, oh good job doing your research. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the other thing, they're going by public records. Yeah. So the public record also shows that I paid 125 for it. Yep. So if I paid 125, why would I? You might be desperate. <laughs> might be desperate. <laughs> I my I was out with my running buddy this afternoon. He joined me for one leg of my uh, my long run, 
and he was talking, he's, he's working on um, refinancing and trying to get a home equity line of credit Mm -hmm. and his credit union hired this appraiser in Michigan. He's in Massachusetts here. Mm -hmm. And all they did was like, looked up some stuff online and that's it. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's not an appraisal. No, <laughs> that's that. How is that even a thing? Like that's that's insulting. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh my goodness, that was insane. I was like, how? And the, and you had to pay for this. You know, yeah. they're charging him for this thing. I was like, you demand your money back. And yeah, I would I would want money for the hassle of having to do other people's jobs for them. This is mm-hmm. how did that become a thing? You know, the last time I had a reappraisal for a a refinance, um, it was during COVID. Mm -hmm. And so allegedly the appraiser swung by the house, but he did not go inside. So, but I don't know that he actually went by and visited the house. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, but these guys didn't even ask him any questions. They just pulled some stuff online. They re they, they did it wrong. It was, I forget how, but you know, they like have the, have it set as like a three bedroom when, or it should have been something else. Like just completely got it wrong. And I was like, people need to be fired. I mean, these <laughs> people suck at their jobs and I just cannot stand that. Yeah. Well, so a friend of mine, I'm not going to use his real name, but so the, the insurance, the title insurance that you get when you buy a house. Oh. So the title insurance is, they have ensured that nobody else has a title claim to your property. Which is apparently a big racket, but yes. Yeah, still it's a racket. So, but my friend, John Doe, had was buying uh, some property, or he was either buying or selling, I don't remember, but he had he had to have the title insurance in order to do the transaction. Well, yeah. there was another John Doe in a nearby county, not the same county, that was a deadbeat. And had like back taxes due and like, well, this John Doe has a claim. It's like, that's not me. Well, we can't give you title insurance on it because there's another John Doe. Go is that's your job is you're to you are to determine John Doe number one and John Doe number two yeah. are two separate people and that's what you're certifying. John yeah. Doe number one has no claim over my property. <laughs> Do your effing job. Oh my god, people. Oh, uh, so uh, I think I think we're getting close to time, but I would I had a real quick. So right now, uh, flights are there are a lot of flight delays Uh, yes i've been hearing about these (laughs) one with demand uh two with weather i mean weather standard uh and so many people do not plan they (gasps) they (laughs) they 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 make no plans whatsoever or they uh or they'll say i'm going from dallas to boston let's say i want to go to dallas to boston well, if you're not going to take a direct flight or you're not going to do a one stop, you got a two stop pro- leg through there. It's going to take you all day, but you're going to go from Dallas to say Chicago to Baltimore to, you know, to Boston. Well, you have an hour between your flight in Baltimore. I mean, you got to make your connecting flight in an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's like, well, that's a reasonable amount of time. 
except if any one of your legs were delayed for any number of reasons. Huh. Uh, I'm going to miss my plane. And the people get all upset and bent out of shape. And then the other part of it is when they're delaying for weather, you can't get upset about that. Your choice is you would, you could die today. I'd rather die today. I'd rather die today than be late. <laughs> uh, years. But so, I mean, in my plans, when I, one, I like to never lay over. I know that that's not possible, but I I would prefer to never lay over. But if it's a local layover, I'm not doing any layover less than two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be inconvenient for me, but yep. I'm. it's going to be a whole lot less inconvenient than missing my plane. You think? Yeah. So people need to plan and think about these delays and... um you know, especially if it's out of your control, you also need to plan for what's going to happen if it's outside of your control and there's nothing you can do about it. You got to have at least some sort of backup plan of if last night I wasn't sure I was going to, I was in uh, Charlotte. So I wasn't sure I was going to make it back because my, the flight from Austin to Charlotte was delayed. I'm like, I might not make it to Nashville. If I don't, I'll do something else, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I'm not going to complain about. I mean, if it's how much you can do, yeah, especially when it's weather, or even the, they're yeah. like a mechanical failure. Well, yep. I really need you to fix that plane before I get on it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, madam. I, I'm questioning your priorities. <laughs> yeah, like I I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to die on a plane. I mean, I don't really want to die anywhere right now. I mean, yeah, not today, Santa. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, boy. No flight delays. No flight delays. Plan for, yeah, planning for them. So anyway, oh. you know, you, I think you were, you're still fooling around with a kitchen remodel. Are you thinking about that? I'm meeting with my financial advisor next week to see if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, if dropping all this money right now is going to like delay retirement by five years, yeah. I'll probably say no. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it's going to delay it by six months, I'll probably go ahead and do it. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Well, and it kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of feeling that right now with, so my daughters are, you know, both in college, but my youngest starts hers. So we've, we saved in their 529 all the way up. Well, right now everything's down. So at the beginning of the year, it would have been a good time to take out money to pay for school. But right now my dollars are worth less. So I'm like, okay, well, I just tell the school, you know, schools have a payment plan. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do this over a payment plan rather than just paying it all right now with my hopes that the economy is going to, pick back up my dollars are going to gain and my dollars have gained some of their money back already so there you go <laughs> so two or three months from now hopefully those dollars will be worth more again and i'll pay the rest of the school so there you go cool. <laughs> same with retirement it's like oh you hate to be wanting to retire when everything's in the down <laughs> And that, I mean, I know plenty of people that happened to during the 2008 financial crisis. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there were people who were planning on retiring and they're like, oh, guess I'm going to keep on working for a few more years. <laughs> yeah. At least uh, another one for sure. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Well, should we wrap this up? I say we wrap up today's episode. And if I were going to do that, then I would want your feedback. <laughs> and if you'd like to discuss a particular topic, then you can drop us a line at www blurringthelinespodcast.com if you'd like to hear more about us or reach out to us individually you can reach peter at paradigm consulting company llc paradigmcc.com yogawithpeter.com friendswithbeer.com or twitter at the nicolaitis and you cannot tell a word how to say that so don't even try (laughs) peter the greek Peter the Greek. <laughs> I don't think that's going to find the lookup on any any devices other than my phone, but <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. All right. And then you can reach me at sublimecomp.com or rrlavenderfarm.com or at sublimecomp. And I'm sure we will have a Twitter account for the Lavender Farm soon. Sweet. On that really? note, I think it's time to hit the big red button to contact either us or our guests visit blurring the lines if you like what you're hearing do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in itunes google play store or wherever you found us <laughs>